Archimax login confirmed. Welcome to the Lodge. You've accessed the LodgeCast experience. Warning, warning. Dangerous spoilers ahead. Enjoy. Cemetery remake. Hello and welcome to a spooky edition of the Lodgecast. I'm your Lodgemaster. With me as always is Brother Bishki. Meow. And in the back, Brother Lucas. Sometimes late show is better. <laughs> we are uh, going to the late show of Pet Cemetery 2019. 2019. 2019. <laughs> it's a remake. Oh, I feel like we got a lot to say about our history with the original. What what what's going on, guys? I know I got my feelings. Oh man, the original uh, strikes a deep chord <laughs> in all of us. I think. Uh, what happened when you saw it for the first time? What was the deal? It was I. You know what's interesting? This. I hope we got a minute to pause this because let me just tell you something. Yeah. When I was a young boy, take us back. There was a turning point in my life and the turning point was when i went from a kid that rented movies Mm. to a kid that bought and purchased movies that's a pretty big step and my way into it was only buying horror movies only horror titles horror genre only wow and one of the first titles i got in that first wave was pet cemetery and pet cemetery 2 on vhs okay and the reason was because the the pet cemetery was so just unsettling for a young boy my mm-hmm. age this you know this was i was probably like 9 10 years old somewhere in there so not long after the original came out and what really got me was was just like everything about it <laughs> like like everything like especially uh Zelda, you know, the sure. the spinal meningitis sister in the back room. I didn't know if I was laughing or crying and and the whole story, the way it was just told was just it was out of control for so, for a young for a young person. So unsettling and very and very real. Like I mean, I know it's probably a little dated today or a little mel- melodramatic, but 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 at the time, it you're was right. Strong. Like pre-internet, like that like that was the only maybe artifact you would ever seen of like a broken marriage where a wife is confessing to her husband like how fucked up her childhood was while they're in the midst of some fucked up family situation themselves i feel like the three tent poles of terror oh three three and a half are the cat the boy zelda and the achilles heel slit the like, achilles heel man all those things together the achilles like, heel oh, it, like it he, makes you physically just react it, like it, it gets you out of your seat it slaughters the sacred cows of well, pets are killed all the time in movies, but you don't kill the kid. 
that never happens in in movies and that just broke that wide open so you're like oh shit anything goes in this movie and something about that achilles heel slit it still is effective and it's not just that but i've never read the source material even though i'm a huge stephen king fan i've got the book i need to read it i've just been not getting sure. around to it but from what i've heard and read about the book it's like stephen king's most personal story because you know he was he was drinking heavily at the time when he wrote it and he thought, like, my God, like, what if I was fucked up and I and I let one of my kids get out, get away from me and got you know got killed? Like, how would that affect me? What would I do? So I've heard reading the book, it, it, it if you're a parent, it like really fucks you up because it really kind of gets under the skin and taps into the emotional trauma and PTSD of of the five stages of grief, you know, and and like what would happen if if you had some weird fucked up backyard that's like you know magical gravesite or or, or or potion that could bring them back like would you do it yes or no you know it's like a pretty scary question that i think a lot of people would be afraid to answer all right lucas has gone on at length brother bishke what's your history with this film well i have a brief what do we call them cinefession yeah sure <laughs> okay so the first time i saw this film was at lodgeversary three no yes no listen, listen to me guys uh, I grew up in a Christian household, okay? okay? all right. A lot of these R-rated films that I really <laughs> wish I would have seen, like Child's Play. You needed to see this. I mean, like Child's Play, yeah. Pet Cemetery. These films that I really, really needed to see when I was, like, yeah. in middle school or high school. I just I couldn't get to the theater. I couldn't sure. get it into the house. I wish I would have known you. You were two towns over. No, I, I could have helped sneak you into all these things. I know. I mean, sometimes I would I, I could get one in at a friend's house or something, but I could have been your horror a dealer. Lot of, a lot of my a lot of the horror I had to delay till college. So, I did not see this and then I for some reason kept delaying and but I loved it. It was my favorite movie of Lodgeversary 3. Okay. And I don't know how you can improve upon it. It's kind of like Carrie. It's like it just is. Just carbon copy it, and it's probably going to be a pretty good movie because it's one of Stephen King's best stories. So I think, I mean, I'm not excited for this. I don't have a lot of skin in the game. Uh, we saw this trailer a lot <laughs> yeah. last year, like a lot, a heavy rotation, and to the point where Bishki and I were mouth syncing, yes. like we were like lip syncing yes. to the words because we heard it, it so many, many times. times. John yeah. Lithgow going, "There was a myth." And then, you know, <laughs> and then they released a second trailer that gave the whole uh, movie away, whole kit and caboodle. And I know some people who hadn't seen the original, and they're like, "Well, now I know what happens in this one." It's just, it's just sad sometimes how they shit the bed, how they, how they shit the bed <laughs> with trailers. But yeah, like I'm, I'm open minded. I don't. I recently rewatched the original with the Lodge Mistress. I don't think it's an untouchable classic, but I also don't think that it needs to be remade like it's a great solid you know 80s horror movie like it just is like sometimes dead is better like sometimes when you make a movie you don't need to remake it you know but I, i'm old man yelling at cloud at this point you know <laughs> because that's that's the road that we're on so all we can do is hope for the best i i think that they're going to make some key changes i've heard rumors about a few things that i won't bring up now but i think i think we need to talk about how they update it and how they change it i'm very interested in that to see how they they make it a 2019 motion picture yeah make it horror of today 
horror of today, and I love me some Lithgow. I mean, he's I, great. I he's love a national it. treasure. Yeah, I really can't it's a think solid of solid Fred Green successor. I, I can't think of a better casting choice. No, like spot on. If they have to he's do the it, he's the glue. He's the glue. Hopefully, he'll redeem it. Let's put on our animal masks and go to I, Banger, Maine, man. Let's go to Castle Rock. Grab our drums and march back into uh, the recesses of the pet cemetery. Woo! Rock and roll. Love and light. See you on the other side. Wanna be buried in a pet cemetery. We uh living our lives back from the dead. Again. We got buried, we got reanimated, and we're here to tell you about it. Bishki, just give us that schnapps. From Rotten Tomatoes, based on the seminal horror of novel by Stephen King, Pet Cemetery follows Dr. Lewis Creed, Jason Clark, who after relocating with his wife Rachel, Amy Semetz and their two young children from Boston to rural Maine discovers a mysterious burial ground hidden deep in the woods near the family's new home. When tragedy strikes, Lewis turns to his unusual neighbor, Judd Crandall, John Lithgow, setting off a perilous chain reaction that unleashes an unfathomable evil with horrific consequences. We all know the tale. Yeah. It's mm. a tale as old as time itself. And the question remains, what did they bring to the table on this? What did they dig up? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I feel like for the most part, it was just a light remix of the original. I think for the first three quarters, very, very nominal changes. Yeah. Uh, beat for beat, pretty much. Yeah, and was bored out of my skull. <laughs> I, I also found it to be pretty dull. I don't know what it was, necessarily. Maybe, Lucas, you can... Because I'm sure no. you did as well. I'll, Maybe I'll you say, and I'm just saying about that first three quarters where it's beat for beat. The ingredients are just rearranged slightly, but not necessarily to any benefit. Right. They're not subverting our expectations or reversing them or taking it in any different or new direction. And, and it's strange. I think, what suffers, I think what suffers in this version is it feels less authentic or real, whereas in the original, you, you really bought Fred Gwynn as this hardcore New Hampshire, AKA Fred like, Gwynn. Like, like, yeah, a local who is connected to the folklore and the history right? in a very tangible way, and, and they do feel like out-of-towners. We're here, it, it just felt like Lithgow was from where they were. Like They all felt like they're from the same place. Like let's, let's there wasn't start, enough contrast between them. Let's start with Johnny Lith. Like we said, he was he seems like the right choice. Mm. But what he's missing is the eccentricity. The eccentricity and also kind of the goofy grandfatherly vibe. Right. Mm -hmm. Whereas with this one, he first encounters the daughter Ellie in the pet cemetery. She gets stung by a bee and he takes the stinger out and is like touching her and you don't feel a grandfatherly vibe from him. You feel like a dirty old drifter vibe from yeah, him. Yeah. And that right away is a problem because Fred Gwynn 
just embodied that grandfather. You know, just, yeah, just warm, just jolly genial, old grandfather. He means well. He really means he's well. He's full of stories, you know, and he's he probably has a Werther's original for you that he's going to pretend that he finds behind your ear. Lithgow, he seems like a rascally old dog a little bit. Like I, I mean, I wasn't too. Uh, I was I was pretty much fine with him, um, but he he also wasn't digging into it. And to be fair, they didn't give him much to dig into no, as well. Yeah, it was just very not expository. Not there. I uh, was was watching it. I was thinking, gosh, there's such a simple fix to this. Oh, are you gonna do a live rewrite? Gonna do a live rewrite. Live rewrite yeah. alert. Do it live. I'll write it and we'll do it live. At first, I I was thinking like. Gosh, I wish it was like Stand by Me, but they like instead of going to see a dead body, like their their friend accidentally dies and they have to like bring him back from the dead before mm. his parents find out. And then that made me realize, oh, this would work if John Lithgow was left in charge, like babysitting the girl, and oh. she gets killed, and he like buries her in the pet cemetery sure. because he's like, I had I had to try to bring her back for you. I couldn't bear to tell you what I'd done. I don't know. I just feel like, I guess the problem is like... <laughs> well, I mean, the book is the book, and the original movie was effective in a lot of what it did, and this arbitrarily remixed some things. A couple other examples. The character of Victor Pascal, the guy who gets hit by the car and is kind of the ghostly spirit guide, which I always thought was the cheesiest part of the original. I mean, as a kid, I kind of thought it was interesting, but it's not scary. It's kind of goofy. And they change his race, but that's about it. Everything else remains exactly the same with him. Like, <laughs> I mean, were you guys terrified by that? No. No. And he shows up so many times. It like, definitely throughout. felt like I'm there was a lot of inappropriate laughter. I felt... Well, the audience, there was a full house, but, like, I felt the audience wasn't with it in the right way. Like, they were enjoying it, but not in the way that they were supposed to be enjoying it. I feel it. At, well, at a certain point we'll get to, I feel like the audience locked in, and it was nervous laughter, and it was the right kind of laughter. Because mm -hmm. I was going right along with them. Yeah. It also feels like they botched the Zelda stuff pretty hard, uh, comparatively to the original. And I think it's because... And and I, w I want to know what you guys think about this, but I think it's because they break up her flashbacks so much. Some of that also has to do with this dumbwaiter horror that they keep returning yeah. to. And I don't know if that's from the book or if that's a wholly invented construct from this movie. I mean, they're playing it for jump scares a lot of times. Yeah, the the, it's nothing but. but yeah. With Zelda, you don't need jump scares. It's creepy. It's more, yeah, mood and atmosphere and, and mise en they almost get to it a couple times, but then they keep going back to this dumbwaiter stuff, which just, I don't know, it didn't do anything for me. And I, Zelda made such a mark on me as a kid that that I took heavy exception to on mm. this, this go-round. So I guess the big twist where they really depart and had their had their giggles while they were writing it thinking about all the minds they were going to blow, was switching the child that dies from Gage to Ellie. Mm -hmm. What do you guys think about that? I think it's the only, well, it's the only cha big change they made and the only thing that where I, like, perked up. I, I kind of predicted it, but I, by making the child, like, a conscious, like, more of a character, right? I think that part of the movie is where I was like, this is something that I'm not 
predicting every step of the way. Well, when when she comes back, like just like when the cat comes back, there's an effective thing, at least I thought it was effective, that they do with the eyes. Like one eye goes bigger and one eye kind of droops yeah. lower. Mm-hmm. And that on the little girl when she comes back is was so effective to me. And that's when the audience really started laughing because she looked so fucked up. Yeah. When he's giving her that bath... The, the part where he's giving her the bath and then they go to bed and she asks her dad to stay with her and she is just creepsville. Yeah. Like, that for me bumped it up almost a full bone. <laughs> yeah, because yeah. I was so... I was like, okay, now they're hitting some sweet spots. Yeah. I think after that, it they kind of blow it. But in those two scenes, I was heavily with it. Yeah, much like Keanu Reeves replicas. Uh, <laughs> this was very much like replicas. <laughs> when the wife yeah. wakes up, or you know, he wakes up the next morning and the daughter's gone. Like you're, yep. you're, you're into it. That you're same into scene it. is here. And so you're like, it, what is this daughter going to be and, like? And she's just slam dancing ballerina, <laughs> like breaking everything in the room. Like I thought that was effective. Lucas, you're a little quiet about this daughter switcheroo. What's going no, on? No, I, I, uh, I think it was a worthy uh, adaptation or addition. And dramatically, it works great because it's like, you know, they bring the cat back and then the cat's what gets her killed. And it's kind of got this final destination, like, domino effect. And I think it kind of works. But like you said, it, it only works for me in terms of the setup. But then once she does kind of like, like what you just mentioned, yeah. like the replica scene are great. But once she kind of turns into the Chucky doll... And then she starts having one-liners it, 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 and it, shit. It, it's kind of like, oh, this is not scary or, like, fun. It just it's isn't. It's just, like... It was wh- fun for a minute when you're like, oh, shit, what has the dad gotten himself into? And Jason Clark to me, has always been kind of a bland performer, but his work in, in Serenity and now this, it's starting to turn me around. Like, he's definitely an improvement on Dale Midkiff. Yeah, but it was weird, too. I think one of the missteps in this remake is they changed the rules uh, of how the people act when they're reanimated because, mm. I, I mean, like, in the original, it was just like they come back and they kill you, like the zombie kills you, period, end of sentence. Right. Here... They're they're borrowing from like The Exorcist, like Reagan. It's like we're, right. we, can, we can change mm-hmm. our voice and our appearance yeah. and get in your head, and, and it's an actual place we go to. And it's like what, like yeah, I don't it's know about. I, I mean, like when yeah, when scary people start talking to you and explaining yeah. shit to you, it's, it's just like, like us. It's you like, just tune out. You're like, this is not yeah. scary. Well, I mean, if you bring Gage back and he just goes after him like a killer, then the movie adds nothing. I mean. Cause, right, because that was what was so great about the original is is it did have this mood and this atmosphere. When the kid had the scalpel, it was like oh, a awesome. toddler. It's yeah, awesome. it was like an actual toddler going mama, like walking around with it, and like that's what got under your skin because yeah. it was real. Like there was nothing fake about it. But when the girl's like twitching like a zombie on crack, you know, and like <laughs> no, dad, like everything's fine. You know, it's like oh. yeah, it's it's weird. Can we talk about? I mean, I'm just going to say it. Can we talk about how they botched the fucking Lithgow execution? Oh, my God. You it, Okay, so it looks like he has the same house, pretty much, <laughs> from the original. Right, right. Same staircase, at yeah. least. Same slippers, too. Same slippers. So he's going around. I'm like, okay, it's probably about the time in the film for Lithgow to bite it. And I'm trying to I'm trying to get a, a look at his, at his feet, because I want to know if he has the slippers on. 
but I, I needn't have feared, because they definitely show his slippered feet shuffling around the house. And he goes into the bedroom, and it's, it's the part where, famously, she's going to be hiding under the bed. He's going to lean down. He's going to extend his tendon, and she's going to cut it. But he kicks the bed. She's not under the bed. They show a close-up of his tendon as he starts to move away. I'm like, okay, the filmmakers are fucking with us again. They know what we want. They know what we expect. But they're going to give us something different. So he goes onto the steps. He gets distracted by the cat. And then they cut to a weird angle of the girl just kind of piercing his Achilles. For a split second, second, I thought the cat... Cut his heel. I know. We, Bishki, you and I both tilted our heads like, what? Like, wait, what was that shot? And then they, they, they cut to a couple other different angles that totally, like, you guys had it on a silver platter. There's they, a lot of violence and gore, a lot of in your face. But it doesn't uh, cut together blood. right. Like, it, right. It, it, the whole audience should have shrieked right. their brains out. Yeah. Yeah. It was a botched direction but but what the way that it worked in the original and they may as well have done it that way because they basically didn't change it they just fucked up the editing and the shooting of it but the thing that was amazing was the anticipation he leans down you see his tendon extend (laughs) tightly and then you see that little hand come out with that little scalpel, and you know it's coming, but you just don't know how graphic it's going to be. And then it digs into his tendon, and you're just like, holy shit, because you feel it in your own. Mm-hmm. Like, that's, I just turned on the turn signal because I'm slapping the car here. <laughs> Listen, you guys missed the layup on that. Yeah, it's funny, too. It's like a running motif. I feel a lot of directors, you know, on the day when they're shooting their scene, you know, they, they might have a plan or they might have it boarded, but, like, they get overwhelmed or they, like, but they, don't get the this coverage. this had to be a tent pole. And yeah, they're, yeah. like, cutting it together, and it's like, yeah, like, in Us with the, the motorboat getting started, it's like they, exactly. they, they just don't get the right angle to make it very clear, like, what is happening. Because Maybe they don't know they have the right They don't have the right angle. That's true, too. Know. That's true, too. That is true. Like, hindsight's always twenty twenty. I just feel like... It's, but you got to show deliver the goods. Like it, I mean, like if well, you always have to ask yourself, like what is the point or super objective of the scene? And if it's getting his Achilles tendon cut, then you got to fucking set it up and pay it off. Like right. you got to do it and study what worked. If you're going to do essentially the same thing anyway. Yeah. So after that, we move on. The same general uh, sequence of carnage happens. The the wife comes home with Gage. And bloodbath ensues. Wife gets killed. Oof, pretty gruesome. Pretty gruesome. Pretty unpleasant. Yeah. But now it's the daughter that's driving everything, you know, dragging the mom to the burial site. <laughs> yeah, then, I'm sure that was real easy. And then we just go through <laughs> the dad getting killed. And then we have just like a fucking monster family of ghouls walking around. And Gage is, is is in the car. Uh, they told him not to open the door for anyone. Locked in a hot car. Yeah. And he just sees his family come back. Church jumps up on the, on the hood. And you hear the door open. You hear the door unlock or something. And the suggestion is the family has come to claim Gage and make him a, an undead ghoul as well. But um bump 
I don't want to be buried in a pet cemetery. I can't believe they ended the same end credits song. Like, you would think they would change <clears throat> Change it. <laughs> <laughs> well, but that's, that's what's maddening about this, is that they obviously have reverence for the original enough to make a beat-by-beat facsimile up to a point then they show a glimmer of their own ideas but still a mini remix of everything that's come before and then they have the same song with with but a cover of it so can you, can you guys remind me how the first one ends like uh, it, so it, they it, ends, it ends with the same with the same family dynamic, except I felt it was done much more effectively. Well, he, he kills Gage. He kills Gage, kills Gage, and then the family gets away. No. no, he kills Gage. Gage has killed the mom by this point. He buries the mom, and then the dad just waits in the kitchen for the mom to return, oh, which okay. I always thought was a really, really effective creepy moment like he's just sitting so gross he's sitting in the kitchen i think playing solitaire just waiting like that just waiting for his wife to come back in the door and she does and they have this kiss where this goo that's coming out of her eye is going down (laughs) into their mouths wow and while they're kissing she grabs the knife and cuts to black and then you hear the knife splat and then the Ramones hit. Nice. Which, I mean... Superior. Superior! (laughs) Definitely. So, these remakes are just so beguiling. Because you're right, like, I mean, if you're going to remake it, what's the new hook? You know, like, if if it was me, you know, okay, you're not going to do Stand By Me, you're not going to have John Lithgow be, you know, the uncle who accidentally kills him while babysitting... All right, then make it about opioids. You know, maybe like maybe someone's <laughs> family keeps like losing, you know, relatives to to you know um, to the dangerous freeway th- of opioids. It's a fentanyl, and so like they do they bury him so they can come back. Or, All I right, don't know. get this: the truck that kills the kid is fentanyl. <laughs> but make it, yeah, like make it different somehow, some way, some, some like, like I, I kept telling people, like, gosh, they should have just done it with like an all black cast, and instead of a cat, it's a dog, and instead of, <laughs> instead of Maine, it's it's Baltimore, like, just switch it up, like, just like make switch it everything, just yeah, just give me new images, like give my like give me something I haven't seen before, because you're right, like whatever you, you do, don't get caught in the middle, right. Because exactly. that just feels weird. Because then you're you're asking people to compare the two. Like you're setting yourself up for that, and yeah. you shouldn't. You should completely just go the opposite way, any which way you can. If you get stuck in the middle, it is and, like and, it is like a family member that you bring back that's not that's them, but not them. So and you, you know gotta what, kill them. You know what's interesting too? They kind of almost set it up in the opening, like a Stand By Me kind of movie, because they, they have these weird little kids that are, like, going off to bury one of their pets, like, in the normal, regular, healthy pet cemetery. But for me, it's, like, the only way you could convince anyone to actually bury something in this, like, you know, supposed Indian burial ground is if they were, like, a kid. Like, you know what I mean? Like, mm. only a kid would take that chance or, like, fuck with that. I think any grown adult would never even mess around with that shit. So I, I just, it's so hard for me to watch it today. I mean, maybe in 89, the original, it's like, okay, yeah, Fred Gwynn, he's, he's weird, it's weird, he did it, whoops. 
But today, like in 2019, like like Jason Clark and and his wife, like who's already got PTSD, it's You're like not buying it. no, I'm no fucking way am I buying it. If he's like, come on, we're gonna hike over this huge wall of fucking bones <laughs> or like branches, it's like no, we're not. Like not until you're telling me what's going on. You ain't buying it. No, and that that's what I would have changed. Like I would have changed that any which way. But like. You gotta can you gotta like make it a hard motivation for why someone would cross that line. Bishki, you got any more feelings on this? I'm ready for the bones if y'all is. Let's unbury those bones. I can feel it in my bones. Brother Bishki, full court press. What's going on? Ah. Uh... <laughs> Not so big on the horror remakes. I haven't really seen many of them. Uh, I have seen some horror movies. Uh, I saw a movie called Pet Cemetery that I will give three and a half bones. But that was the old one. Uh-oh. This new one is inferior. The first three quarters, I was bored out of my skull, as I mentioned. The last quarter, I thought it got some legs. I thought that... Um, it was making some twists, and then my memory didn't work so great, so I didn't mm-hmm. remember everything that happened that in the helps. first one. I was like, I didn't know exactly where it was going. It gets goes some dark places, some some pretty gross violence, but that's fine. So this one I'll give two bones. Two bones, brother Lucas. Yeah, I uh, definitely was struggling in that backstretch, <laughs> and uh, it, it was, for me, just, like, way more violent than it needed to be. Interesting. Um, maybe that was their, like, pitch. Like, hey, well, we're going to do the original, but we're going to really show you the trauma and blood of, like, the, the bus accident guy in the beginning. You know, that that's I scene, mean, it was, it was... I had to close my eyes, because I was eating. Like, I was, eat, I was putting popcorn and, like, soda in my mouth, and this guy's face is, like, his blood's, like, coming through to his face. To be fair, in the original, his they His brains had, were hanging out. It, the, his brains were hanging out, and they had something that this this one didn't. Which I was surprised that they didn't do. It was a just a shock cut to his brain head getting carried into the medical building. But it cut from like just a just a nice little quiet family moment and it just cuts hard and you're just like, Oh, Oh, and I remember my dad watching that for the first time because he said, you know, we can watch this, we can watch this. And then that, that shot happened and uh. he was like, that's it. We're turning this <laughs> off. Like, that was the line in yeah. the sand. And yeah. they didn't do that in this one. No. So. And you know what else? Like, I, I feel a lot of these movies I've been seeing lately, the directors, one of the big things they're kind of whiffing on are their casts. And in this one, I mean, I know the genre is the star. Like, when you deal with comedy and horror, it doesn't matter really sure. who's in it because you'll, you'll, you'll laugh and get scared. But, you know, yeah, like, I, I like Jason Clark, but he's not a leading man, or it's like he's not someone I want to spend a lot of time with. Mm-hmm. And especially, like, in this kind of movie, because it is so unpleasant already, and he just adds that, like, extra <laughs> layer of creepiness because right. he looks like a heavy. Like, he looks like a bad guy. Like, I would never, ever in a million trillion years cast him as like, a good guy. Like, what do you guy. think it needed? Like, Paul Rudd? No, no. <laughs> it, it needed, you know, uh, I, I had such a good question. Like, I don't know, honestly. I'd have to think on it, but... Mm. 
but yeah, I give it one bone. It just was like I, I, I think there's a good concept still to update and, sure. and change it around and I keep going back to kids. Like make it a stand by me coming of age <laughs> yes, gone wrong. Stand like, by me boner. Right. Well maybe that'll get remade soon. Yeah, yeah, right. Well, I'm gonna kick it right through the uprights between you guys. I'm gonna give this one and a half bones because a few things. I feel like the actress who played Ellie, the daughter, really, like, she did what she was told to do really well. Mm -hmm. And I don't agree with a lot of what she was told to do, but in those quiet moments, right after she comes back, holy shit, those pack a punch. But I don't want to, I just, I don't want to encourage these remakes, these needless remakes, if you're not bringing anything extra special to the table. And this definitely doesn't. It's like Indiana Jones and the Last Crusade when he's stepping on the Jehovah tiles. And this one just keeps spelling it wrong. Like, they're stepping right next to the right way to do it. And they just, ugh. They're just, they're just, the remix is off. Yeah. So why do it? My philosophy, yeah. If it's a three and a half or a four bone horror movie, don't remake it. Leave it be. Leave it be. Leave it buried. And if you're going to go see it, don't boycott it. Don't see that shit. <laughs> so what are we doing in a parking ramp past midnight? That's what talking I talking about pets. That, that's what I asked the lodge master in the text messages. <laughs> <laughs> well, listen, I still believe we're doing a service, and you know, there's gonna be there's gonna be a lot of interest among our horror freak listeners about this pet cemetery movie. I don't think that uh, that most people are probably gonna get out to see it. So we're taking the hit. We're telling you. We did take the hit. We're we're telling you keep the keep the '80s one. It's fine. It, it, it works. is. It works. So it holds up. Fred Green. <laughs> All right, folks. Well, love and light. Love and light. Bones out. Meow.